Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I went foraging yesterday. For those of you who don't know me, I like to forage. And, you know, I, I like to go for walks in the woods, but I can't stand walking on paths. I just don't like the path that everybody else has walked on. You can't find anything interesting on a path that's been beaten down by thousands and thousands of people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if you have a horrible sense of direction, you might want to stay on the path or follow somebody who doesn't. I have, I, I, one of the things I know about myself is I have a very good sense of direction. You drop me in the middle of the woods. Now, I've been turned around before, but I've, I don't think I've ever been lost in the woods. I've been turned around. And then I realized I had a GPS compass with me and f- figured I'd rely on that instead of my own. It's a little camp's over there, Terry. <laughs> I have radio that said, would you step outside the cabin and just pop off a few shots? And I'd be like, oh, it's that way. But yesterday when I went foraging, I went, I went up to Lake Benita on the top of Corinth Mountain Road. And a lot of you know where that is. And, and there's, the parking lot was full of people. And I'm like, see y'all, I'm going over here. And I was able to find, you know, I found really nice oyster mushrooms, for those of you who care about that kind of thing. Uh, but I didn't find them on the path. I found them out in the middle of nothing and nowheres o- over and up and around and under. And if you think that your Christianity, you, you can walk the path of tradition if you want. The destination is the same. I'm not being critical. I'm not criticizing. I just know that there are so many, and you'll have to excuse my emotion. Some people that know me, just raise your hand. Raise your hand if you know me. Okay, just, they'll explain. You see, after 40-some-odd years, I really have nothing left to, be, to, to, to give myself to. You know, I, I love the fact that Darnelene, my wife, allows me to just be passionate for passion's sake. But outside of that, this world holds very little. Uh, it just doesn't hold my attention. There's nothing good to watch on TV. There's nothing good to watch. You certainly don't watch the news feeds because there's nothing good there. There's, there's nothing, the only goodness is sitting right in front of me, the kingdom of God. That is the only goodness left in this world. And, and so... You know, as you walk familiar paths, you may see interesting things off in the distance and be like, that's nice. Or now, I mean, my goodness, I've been to Tasmania. I've been to Patagonia. You know, there's all these YouTube videos where they have all this beautiful, incredible drone footage. I don't even have to get out of my, my chair except to go get another cup of coffee. But we were not created to live a mundane life. We were not created to just work a nine-to-five and retire at the age of 65 and sit around and just die. We were not created for that purpose. There is an eternal, eternal purpose for our lives, each and every one of us. 
And the problem is that there are billions of people that are not connected with that eternal purpose. And it grieves me because by the grace of God, I stand amongst people who have connected with the eternal purpose of God for their lives. Why us? I don't know, but I will be forever grateful that he chose me. I will live my life as best as I can to honor that sacrifice. And when he says, come, I refuse to stay seated in, in lethargy and, 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 and complacency. I want to pursue him. And he is not on the beaten path. I'm sorry, people. He's on the raging sea. Sometimes he calls us out of those places of comfort into a place of newness, and, and it's, it's, sometimes it's just terrifying. But if he's there, then there's a reason I, I go to visit that place. Now, I've got notes today, and I felt so uninspired to follow my notes all week long. I, I, I couldn't sleep last night. Hopefully I didn't wake you. I got up about 12.30, went downstairs, and I said, okay, Lord, let's do this. And I, I don't know, I could just start at Genesis and read straight through to the end of the book, and just, you, there's so many fascinating things to be seen. And I know we have a bake sale, and I know we have barbecues, and I know we have to try and squeeze what little is left of this incredibly fast summer into our agenda, but for right now, can we, can we please purge all of that from our thoughts and be present in the moment? Because I, I just want to read for you, and I think I'll read out of the uh, Passion Version, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And... I won't, I won't read it all. It talks about Moses and how he had to wear a veil over his face when he spoke to the children of Israel because there was so much glory radiating from him because he had been in a place that few, if any, people had ever been before. He was in the presence of God. And the people could not handle that. And so every time he spoke about the, the amazing hope that he had, he had to have a veil on his face. And uh, in verse uh, 13, I either need a large print Bible or to remember my reading glasses. The Apostle Paul is declaring this. And if, if you consider yourself a believer in Christ if you consider yourself a Christian, a follower of God, if you consider yourself to have been born again of the water and of the Spirit, I, I implore you, I command you, I challenge you, rise up and be who God has predestined you to be. And if you are new to this and you're seeking and you're looking, there is so much he has for you, so much that he wants to show you, that he wants to give you, that he wants to do for you, through you, in you, by you. 
verse 13 says, We're not like Moses who used a veil to hide the glory. I am not going to hide today. To keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away, their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day the same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Lord. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord, the moment one turns to the Lord, with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. When you turned to Him, when you turn to Him, when you give yourself to Him, when you submit to His Lordship, and that is a horrible concept in today's Marxist, rebellious, uh, auto, uh, autonomous society. I will not submit to anyone. And that is exactly what He demands, commands, and looks for. I am submitted to Him. I am a slave to Christ. And that gives me access Don't ask me about the paradox. I am a slave to Christ, and that gives me access to more freedom than I could ever possibly attain on my own. I am free today. Are you free today? Are you free today? Christ came to destroy the word, I, I, the glory of all of this history that we have access to. I love it. I love looking back into the book of Genesis. In the beginning, guess whose image you and I were created in? Evolution, the theory of evolution is from the pit of hell. I don't care about your so-called science because all, give your science, and I, yeah, fine, challenge me. Go ahead. F- give your science a decade, and it's irrelevant. I remember, I'm old enough to remember the few times that I went to school. I remember when they said Saturn had a solid mass. I remember in those science classes when they told us that these gas giants that we now know have no solid mass, the science said that they had solid mass. Well, once the technology caught up to our ignorance and revealed that Jupiter was just a big ball of gas, they rewrote the science books. I remember new science books coming in to the school system as they changed the science. This has never changed. You want to find something solid to stand on. You will only find it in Christ. You will not find it in the financial markets. You will not find it in the political world. You will not find it in the philosophy of men. The only solid rock is Christ Jesus alone. And I know I may be preaching to the choir today, but there's a world out there that needs to see an unveiled Christ. And that's what I'm here to declare today. The unveiled Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. 
I am not ashamed of the gospel. Sometimes I may need to present it a little differently than I have in the past. But I am not ashamed of it because it is the power of God. It is the only thing that saves us, that frees us, that conquers depression and anxiety and fear. It is the only thing that sets us at liberty. Say amen. There you go. That was, that was your cue. When I pause, you say amen. In the, God, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we see the event when God made us in his image. But God is a spirit. I'm going to give you a little bit of Bible study. I'm going to try and go. I'm sorry, Linda. I'm going to go too fast. I know I am. But I'll, we can talk about this later. God created us in his image, right? But God is a spirit, and the spirit does not have flesh and blood. So what image did God look at to create us after? Anybody take a guess if you've been around me any length of time. Come on. Come on. What image? Huh? His image. But if God is a spirit, and he doesn't have flesh and blood, and he created us in his image, whose image did he look to? Christ. Thank you, he, because God lives outside of time. Who is Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? He is the exact imprint. I love the way it says it. He is the exact imprint of the nature of God. And so when God created us, he created us in that exact imprint of his own nature. Perfect. Whole. Without fear. No fear. Say may do. Say may do. It's Portuguese for no fear. No mas. He created us perfect, like him, like him. Say, I am God kind. Say, I am God kind. Whether you believe him in him or not, whether you live for him or not, it doesn't matter. Every human being that lives on this planet, past, present, and future, was created originally in the image of the almighty God. And unfortunately, that image which was veiled when Adam fell. Now, we don't have time for this. We don't have a lot of time. But we don't have time for this. But there was no, oh, I didn't see that coming moment in the plan of God. You have to understand the purpose and plan of God is eternal. We are not I'm an eternal being, but I am I'm subject to the construct, this construct called time. I can comprehend living forever, but I, my brain quickly shuts down when I try and, try and reach into having never had a beginning. I just can't grasp that. But God's plan was for him to arrest every aspect. And I have something I want to read before we close tonight. Every aspect, so that so that we were given a plain path back to his original intent. He didn't want to just overcome sin. There's an entire spiritual realm out there. There's an entire spiritual realm beyond this physical life that is more real than the chairs you're sitting in. It's more substantive. It's more powerful. It's more lasting. 
And that is where he wants us to draw our joy from. That is where he wants us to draw our peace from. That is where he wants us to draw our health and our strength and our soundness of mind from. Because you can look to this world, and this world will only be able to bring you so far. And then they have no more answers. And that's where God takes over. If I could circumvent all that nonsense and reach back out to him and say, hey, you have these treasures in heaven, and they are for me. They Say, they are for me. The treasures of heaven are for you. So he created, and I, I, somebody just give me a little, a little signal if I start wandering, chasing rabbits here. So in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Genesis chapter 5, we read a verse that's extremely disheartening. It says that Adam bore Seth, created a man after his image and after his likeness. So we are, we are, we are cursed to, be, to, to bear the image of the earthly until, until, until. How is that old man, how is that image of the earthly removed how is that how is that veil removed it's a, it's removed in Christ i want to tell you something right now romans 6 and 6 is it up there yet she is she working on it somebody is it back you got it there there it is it's there now romans 6 and 6 in the esv says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The Passion Translation, which is my, I'm just on a Passion kick. Go figure. I love the way the writer of the Passion Translation says it. He says, could it be any clearer? That our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power. That is a revelation that you and I must have that name the name of Christ. I'm talking to the church for a moment. We must understand that the power of our old identity has been eradicated in Christ. The only reason... The only reason you still struggle with addiction, the only reason you, and I'm talking to the, to the believer, the only reason you still struggle with these things is because you, you believe a lie. You do not understand that the former, and I am talking from experience, living, believing lies for decades. I'm not talking about my eternal destiny. I'm talking about accessing the fullness of Christ's purpose and, and life for me here and now. I do not have to take drugs for, to battle my depression. I can access him. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I do not have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to offend people. I believe this because I have experienced. My experience trumps your argument every time. I used to sit on the couch and cry for days on end until one day the Holy Ghost said, hey, remember me? Hey, remember me? Do you remember what happened the day you allowed me to come inside? Remember the power that I said I would give you? There is power over that depression, Ned. You just need to 
You, you know, you just need to get up and access it. And come to me afterwards because I would love to sit across from your kitchen table and talk to you about these things and impart these things to you and show you how powerful God can be in your life. He can deliver you from addiction. He could set you free in an instant. I'm doing some writing. And, and what I, what, those of you that know my past know my conversion. I, I could not exist without something in my system as a teenager. Life was horrible. Enough said. Somebody invited me to, to come to church. Sue Ross, you're a hero. Donna's sitting next to you. I love it. That was a Book of Acts moment right there. You need to talk to them about that. That was a Book of Acts moment right there. That was God's intervention for you, young lady. Anyways. So I couldn't exist without it. I went to this tiny little, it's, it's the, the building is still on, 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 on State Street in Colony. It used to be a Howard Johnson's. There was 12 people in there singing a cappella. lady in front of me was speaking tongues. As she, couldn't, she couldn't have cared less. She was speaking in tongues. Barbara Donalds, I will never forget, speaking in tongues at the top of her lungs. And they're singing a cappella, and I'm as high as a kite. And I'm scared like a little tiny wet dog in a, backed into a corner just shivering and, and freaking out until I, I felt something for the first time in my life. For the first time in my life, I felt fully exposed and fully accepted at the same time. I felt the power of God pierce, pierce through every veil that I had, I had on. He pierced through it all and said, Ned, yeah, I see all that, and it's irrelevant. Your addictions, your weaknesses, your sin, the things where, wherever you are, your homeless situation, all the rejection, all the abuse, all the, all the horror is irrelevant, Ned. I see you and I love you. And I, I had no clue, thank God, I wasn't inoculated to this through religious tradition. Threw up my hands and... I burst out speaking in other tongues. Again, my experience trumps your argument. And I was sitting there in, with a sound mind. The effects of all the drugs left me in an instant. And I, I was sitting there in my right mind, totally straight, totally sober, and said, this there's something real about this. There is something real, because I didn't do that, and the pastor that was preaching didn't do that. That was something that came down and just exploded inside of my soul. And so I have been 40 years now exploring all of this, and you know what? You think it gets old? It never gets old, and it's, it's, it's even more fascinating every day, and that is the life that Christ desires for you and I. Oh my goodness. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> Let me see here. Romans, Corinthians, God's Electric Power Company. You're laughing because you know what that means. There it is. Ephesians chapter 3. No, 4. 
if you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, again, come to me. There are others. Who would teach a Bible study if somebody had questions? Who would teach a Bible study? There's a couple people here. Why aren't you raising your hands? Raise your hands. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is one of the elements of the new birth. We are to be born of the water and of the spirit. Again, my experience trumps your argument all day long. I see, but the problem is with most of us in this room is we have experienced the new birth. We have experienced the power of his resurrection in our lives. We have seen things. I have gone off the beaten path of religious tradition and found treasures that few have ever found before. And there's nothing unique about me. Trust me, I'm just Ned. To my close friends, I am known as the. You knew I was going to go there. Speaking of close friends, it's wonderful to have Scott and Mel here. If you don't know the Yochimkises, you need to get to know them. I remember when. I remember when. We've got a long history behind us, and it's a beautiful one. Where was I? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Is it up there? Is it? Okay, I'll read it there. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self created after whose likeness? There's, this is the beauty. Mm. I don't have much to give, but such as I have, I will quote this, such as I have, I give you today. We have before us the opportunity to be recreated back to that image of God. To have the veils of humanity, to have the veil of sin, to have the veil of the weakness of this flesh, to have the veil of the, of the weakness of the carnal mind removed and to stand again in the true nature and likeness of the Almighty. That's worth getting excited about. You and I could settle for a mundane life. We could settle for the routines that we have found our... It's okay to yawn. You don't have to fight that. <laughs> we could settle for the mundane. We have a lot of young people here. You got to go back to school. You got to go to college. You got to get a job. You got to... You know... No, you know what you got to do? You got to get off that beaten path. I'm not telling you don't go to college. Don't, don't do what I did. I did a lot of crazy stuff when I was younger. They told me I couldn't go to church on Sundays. I walked off the job. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just telling you what I've done. I am not telling you to do it. But I promised you, I promised you this, two weeks after I walked off the job because they couldn't tell me, they told me I couldn't go to church, the district supervisor for the company I worked for contacted me personally and said, Ned, I want to give you your job back. I want to give you a raise, and I want to give you the opportunity to work wherever you want to work. <laughs> I, I, my experiences trump your arguments. 
man, I just get scattered. I'm sorry. We put on this new self. How do we put this new self on? How do we put the new creation? How do we unveil ourselves? How do we do this? Somebody tell me how. Say that a little louder. Water baptism. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. When I, when you are, this Sunday is, next Sunday is going to be a day of miracles. It's going to be a day of miracles. It's going to be a new day in Gateway. I'm telling you that by the Spirit of God. If you want to go home and watch the game on TV instead of coming to a baptism, you are going to hear about what happened and you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. The gate, just record it. I don't know how, what do you call that? DVR it. Or just forget it. It's just a game for Christ. It's just sports ball. They run back and forth or they run in circles or they drive in circles. It's sports ball. But Sunday, when you go down in a watery grave, that old man is going to be cut away. That old identity is going to be cut away through the operation of the power of God. You are going to be united with Christ. United. When I was baptized into Christ, let me give you some Greek. That word into literally means I was united with him. I became one with him. When I was baptized, if that understanding does not envelop your life, maybe you should get baptized again. I'm just saying, or you need a new revelation. When you go down in that watery grave, that old man is stripped away, and you rise and you put on that unveiled Christ becomes the forefront of your entire existence. And when you come out of that water, you need to be prepared for the Holy Spirit of God to seal you. Be prepared for that. Do not fight that. Do not, do not hold back on that. I, I tell you, they almost kicked me. They, they kicked us out of, yeah, they kicked us out of a hotel room once. Where was that? That was on Wolf Road. What was it? The Turf Inn on Wolf Road. Your parents might, you might, I don't know, were you there at the Turf Inn? No, that was long before you. Huh? That was before you? Well, I know people that were there. And we went from, it used to be, the church was called Maranatha Ministries, which is just a Greek word. It went from Maranatha Ministries to Marathon Ministries. Because I had, as a new convert, I was a little out of control because I finally found something where I, I, a place where that I was accepted. If you're looking for a place to feel accepted, you found it. Gateway is an incredible place. There are such quality people here. They are, there are quality people here. The body of Christ, that's what makes us quality people. S certainly not anything I have done. But I remember sitting there week after week just trembling with the power of God, the Holy Ghost just inside of me. 
I didn't know what to do with it, what's acceptable, what looks right, what is, what's, what's the normal, what, what, is, what am I supposed to do with this? And people were praising and worshiping and standing up, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll do all that, but there's something else, there's something else. And one day they're just doing their thing, and we were on the second floor above a bar, the second floor above a bar at the Turf Inn on a Sunday night. So it was rocking downstairs. And I just, I launched myself out of that chair, screaming at the top of my lungs, and ran out the back door. And started doing loops around the balcony, speaking in tongues at the top of my lungs. And Brother Stone King, my first pastor, he says, well, let's all stand. We're probably not going to be allowed back here after this. (laughs) Shortly after that, we were asked to leave. But, you know what, that gets God's attention. That passion gets his attention. Anyways, I don't know why I was sharing that story. What time do we usually wrap up? I never time him. Whenever I want, we're going to be here for a long time. So, I, I am closing this up. I journal. I love to write. I don't write as often as I should. The thing I I want, no, the thing the Spirit of God in me wants for you and I is for us to access everything He has for us. Now, He doesn't just go couldn't handle it. But as I journey along this way, I have to be attentive to the sound of his voice when he says, come over here. I want to show you something. And I need to be able to put aside the activities of life. Because trust me, I could be as busy as I want to be. And just miss everything. And when he calls us aside, it's for the purpose of revealing more of himself to us through us. I possess the spirit of the creator. Think about that. How many of you know you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How many of you know? That is the very essence of the resurrection. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in my mortal body. Book. That's the book. Do you ever stop to think about that? When you're fussing over the... Sorry, sweetheart. I almost used that word. When you're fussing, and I'm talking to myself, when you're fussing over the most innoxious, mundane, ridiculous items... In life, how am I going to pay these bills? I just lost this job. What's going to happen? Hey, Ned, remember me, the Holy Ghost says? He said that to me enough times, I kind of get there before he has to say it. The power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in this jar of clay. Now dwells in these jars of clay. Why? So the excellency might be of God and not of us. I will constantly let you know that I am, I am a jar of clay, but I will also remind myself that I house the power of the resurrection 
And I stand not in my own image. I stand in the image of the unveiled Christ. That is who I am. That is who you are. That is who this world wants to see, and that is who the enemy is desperately trying to keep you from understanding. He does not want you to make a step towards Christ. He doesn't want you to get baptized in Jesus' name. He doesn't want you to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to crack open the book. He doesn't want you to bend a knee in prayer. He doesn't want you to, sh- to lift your, your, your voice in a shout of praise. He doesn't want any of that because every time somebody gets that revelation, he loses. He loses a little bit more. And he just doesn't realize he's already lost. I have nothing else to say today other than I want to read this. I want to declare this. I want to prophesy. I know, see, I know what my gifts are. I know what God has invested in this jar of clay. And I also could see the gifts and the power of God in you as believers. And we have got to walk in them. We have got to set aside every weight that so easily besets us. We have got to rise up. We have got to be the unveiled Christ to this world. Not on a a live stream, not on a stage before thousands, but at Stewart's when I'm getting a cup of coffee, at the bank when I'm going through the drive-thru, at Walmart while I'm walking down the aisle, and when my neighbor is out walking his dog, that's when I need to be the unveiled Christ. And he will meet us there. He will heal if you will lay hands and speak. He will bring deliverance if you will yield. He will give a word of knowledge to your neighbor, to your friend, to your co-workers when you listen because that unveiled Christ dwells in me. Say he dwells in me. Go over the edge a little bit here. Say, I am the unveiled Christ. I am the unveiled Christ. Before I read this, I'll share a dream. I had a dream two nights ago, and I love it. God's, I'm not a, my gifts are different than your gifts. They're no more valuable, no less valuable. Your gifts, your calling are supremely important to the kingdom of God, and there is room for every gift here at Gateway. I heard somebody say amen. But that being said, I love the way God speaks to me. I love the dreams. I love the visions. I love getting up at 1230 in the morning and sitting for a couple hours in my living room listening to the Holy Spirit speak and then trying to fall back to sleep again. I love that. Have I convinced you? Anyways, two nights ago, I had a dream, and in the dream, uh, there was a woman, uh, and she was trying to seduce me, not from a, that point of view, but she was trying to exert authority and power over me, and if you read the scriptures, different, different spirits are portrayed by different men and women. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, a woman is portrayed as, as, as the spirit of wisdom. 
but this one was trying to seduce me, and she, she kept calling out to me. And there were many people around me that she was reaching, and they were coming to her, and she would look on them and say something, and then they would just glaze right over and go out and do whatever she wanted to do. And I was ignoring her, and she kept calling out to me. So I got so tired of it. Finally, I just walked over to her. I walked right up to her, and quite intently, I looked in her eyes on purpose. She says, look at me. I'm like, I'm already looking at you, woman. You have, and I told her, I said, you have no power over me. I said, and she started doing her thing, and I just, I'm just, get, just do your thing. And I told her, I said, you have no power over me. And she was furious. And I just walked away. And she sent all her little minions trying to get me, and I got away from them all. And then I was in the building, and this gigantic flood just, she sent this huge tidal wave after me, and it just wiped out everything, but I was able to get above it uh, in this building that God prepared a structure for me to be safe in, and I got up to the second floor, and, and everything else was wiped out, but this structure remained, and she was, just, she was just furious, and that is how he wants you and I to live. That is how he, he wants you and I to operate in this world without fear, without arrogance, without conceit, without ego, but without fear. Because the enemy has no power over us after that old creation is dead. The scripture says it. A dead man is no longer under the power of sin. I'm free from that power. I, if, if you still struggle with addiction, if you still struggle with things, it's because you don't understand the power of the resurrection that abides within you. And there's a remedy for that. There's an answer for that. You just need to take a step of courage and say, hey, so-and-so, I need you to pray for me because I struggle with this. And we can bring that to resolution in an instant. You don't need months. You don't need years. You don't need a decade. You need the power of the Holy Spirit alive in your life. So I won't have you stand for this unless you want. But I wrote this on August 3rd and brought it to our Thursday night prayer group which I'll put a plug in for that. You want to see the miraculous happen. You come to those prayer meetings. Just get around the people of God. And so I want to declare this. In the beginning when your heart was revealed, this was the prayer I prayed. You made us in your image, whole, perfect, unblemished, without equal and without dominion, and with dominion over all that was before us. You need to understand that. Why don't the musicians come on up here? As the first Adam, we were chosen above all created beings to reflect your image to all. I am chosen above all creation to reflect his image. You are chosen above all creation. I am not on an equal footing with a four-legged beast. To be the exact imprint of your nature. We were made to walk with you beside you as one. Our fall was not a mistake. Some unseen fault in your plan. It did not catch you off guard, but was an intricate part of your eternal plan for our glory and yours. Sin creates its own image, its own likeness, its own nature. Your plan was not our death 
but the death of all that could keep us from your life. Your plan was never our destruction, but rather the annihilation of anything that could potentially separate us from you. You struck at the very heart of evil when you made a covering for us of innocent blood. You elevated us while casting down our accuser, and he rages still. Stand with me today. Though sin separated us for a time, in time, Christ made the perfect covering for us at Calvary. And now by your sacrifice, I can once and for all be reconciled to God and stand in the fullness of your image as you have always purposed. So release us again in dominion. But not over the unseen world, or not over the seen world, not over the temporal world, but over all principality and spiritual darkness, over all spiritual wickedness in high places, in the realms that transcend what our eyes behold. For now we are seated as kings and priests with you far above all the chaos in a place at peace with God Almighty through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. We are united as Echad. That is the Hebrew word for one. We are united as one. That's not one in unity. That's not one in thought. That is one in entity. I am united with him as one. When you look at me, you should see the Father. When I look at you, I see the Father. I see the image of God. We will walk in this newness God, this, this could set you up for some battles. But you got to understand, when you go through a battle, there's a victory at the end of it. Yes? God's purpose is not for you to be defeated in battle. It's for you to be victorious in it, through it. We walk in this newness, performing the good works, performing the greater works, performing the God works that you have destined us to walk in before anything was created in the natural world. We will bring reconciliation to those who are destined for salvation through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. We will quench all opposition while fanning into flame the fires of the all-consuming God. Fear of man and this natural existence will be eclipsed by our fear of you as we do the will of our Father. We are the king's domain. Say, I am the king's domain. We call out to all, come and see, come and drink, come and rise in newness of life through the resurrection of Christ. Push back the stone, be released from your grave clothes. I declare that today, that God pushes back every stone in your life. And you are released from every grave clothed that keeps you hidden, that keeps you veiled. Be a radiant light in this world, bursting forth like the rising sun, like the resurrected Christ, like those called out ones, the eternal purpose of God who created all things, that so through the church, the manifest body of Christ, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. 
Are you tracking with me? I am an image bearer of Christ. Can you say that? I am an image bearer. I am an image bearer. At your college, at your job, in your home, on the city streets, we bear the image of the, I don't care how old you are, happy birthday, mom. You are the image bearer of Christ. We are your imprint. We have your mind. We have your grace. We have your peace. We have your dunamis power. We have your exosia authority. We have your love shed abroad in our hearts. We have all things. I have been given all things. Have you received all things? It's there. We just have to access it. May we seek the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the mature manhood, and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name. So I do challenge you today. I do challenge you today. If you thirst after this, come. Come on. Come on. I, I know you want to come. If you hunger for this, come. I'll leave you alone. If the image of Christ is something that you desire to have uncovered because it's there, it's just covered, it's veiled. If you are veiled, come. If you want to be unveiled, come. If you want to walk in that power and that dominion and that authority, come. If there are life-changing decisions that you need to make, come. If there is sickness in your body, come. If there are, is torment in your mind, come. If there is any need whatsoever, come. And watch what he does. Watch what he does. Such as I have. Such as I have. Such as you have. Such as you have. Is Lori Hollins in the house today? She's working. The girl's gifted. She sent us a text, or no, Facebook Messenger. She ripped right through everything and spoke directly to me, and I was just like, yes, that's the unveiled Christ we're looking for. That's the, uh, I, can re I, can, I, can, I can rally around that. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, there's a sign-up list out there. Have the courage to do it. If you don't understand it all, get with some of us. I can explain it to you. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you have that resurrection power in your life, come. It's for you. If you have all things, come and rejoice. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.